The Hippie Hour is a holistic wellness podcast brought to you by me, Hannah, a 20-something interested in everything others might consider hippy-dippy. From astrology to crystals, plants to tarot cards, feminine energy to yoga and meditation, I'm here to help both you and I dig deeper into these topics. Because wellness is involved, and I am a current physical therapy student, I will be citing scientific evidence and credible sources a lot and busting alternative medicine pseudoscience. Always consult with your doctor first before deciding to implement any wellness changes. PSA, although essential oils are cool, they are not vaccines. If you are considering incorporating any topics talked about in this podcast into your own life, of course, do your own research as science is always changing and I'm definitely not an expert in these areas. Just wholeheartedly interested. So, Let's learn more about becoming a hippie. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Hippie Hour podcast. This is your host, Hannah. Um, It's been a while. I finally felt like I could sit down and record this after being sick for a few weeks. Um, I had started recording it uh, while I was sick, and I ended up just scratching that recording completely because one, I sounded pretty gross and who likes to listen to somebody when they're sniffling and coughing every few sentences. But I also recorded like an hour's worth of information and my computer only captured about 30 minutes of it. So I was super frustrated by that and was like, I'll deal with this later. So I'm finally getting around to recording this for you all. This is um, quite a bit of information today about just different ways you can help support your body and your immune system when you're sick. Uh, Of course, you should talk to your doctor and go to the doctor if you are really sick. Uh, These are all things that just help. They don't necessarily cure you of sickness, doesn't necessarily uh, prevent you from getting sick. Uh, it lowers your risk of getting sick. It um, may help you feel better, but take everything I say today with a grain of salt. It's it's all just kind of that nice added cushion of feeling a little bit better when you're just not feeling good at all. So yeah, let's dive in today. So starting with a mindful moment, if you're able to, let's Close our eyes, take a deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth, you know the drill, and just start to ground ourselves here. So again, inhale through the nose, exhale out through the mouth. You can do that a couple times if needed. If you're having a particularly stressful day, definitely take a moment here to slow down that breath. Take another deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth and start to notice how your body feels today. I have a lot of tension in my back, my mid low back. I woke up just really, really stiff today. And so I'm just noticing where in my body I'm feeling those things, just making a mental 
note, mental checklist about it. Not necessarily doing anything, not necessarily shifting my body in any way, just noticing, taking another breath in and another breath out. Once you feel ready to absorb this information, feel free to come out of that little mindful moment. But if you do want to pause and just keep this cycle going for a couple more minutes, again, especially if you're having a stressful day or you just want to set yourself up for a little bit more calm in your day, you know, put yourself first and, and this can always wait. This information is still here. It'll always be here. It's on the internet forever. So whenever you're ready, let's get started. So the number one thing that I noticed when I was super sick was dealing with dry air in my apartment. And I stayed up late one night partially because I just couldn't fall asleep because I was so congested and my throat hurt. Um... But I was also just curious to see what I would find about dealing with super dry air. And I wanted to find the more holistic ways to deal with it besides investing in a humidifier first. Um, but newsflash, I ended up investing in a humidifier. Uh, it's it's really simple. I got it off Amazon. Um, highly recommend just buying the dang thing. It's really big too. And just sits in the corner and it can be good for plants as well. So just keep that in mind if these things are not as palatable for you and you'd rather just buy a humidifier, just buy one. And there's ones on Target, Walmart, wherever you have a major retail store, just go buy one. Otherwise, these other things are maybe if you're on a lower budget or you just want to try out if it does anything for you. So just a quick recap, winter commonly comes from sorry, <laughs> I'm blanking here, comes with dry air from heaters reducing the moisture in the air. Wow, that was a huge brain fart. I don't even know what that was. Um, so basically, when your room has to heat up, it pulls out moisture in the air because as we know, when water or moisture uh, heats up, it evaporates. Um, and so this can leave us waking up with sore throats, headaches, sinus pressure, feeling congested. And that's all from our body trying really hard to create extra mucus to lubricate our sinuses. And so it'll pull water from different parts of our body that uh, usually are hydrated to try to fix that issue. And that can leave us dehydrated. Um, this also causes moisture to leave our skin. So that's partially why in the winter your lips and your skin can feel super dry and cracked. Um, and it's not just outdoor air. It can be indoor air as well. Dry sinuses also make you more susceptible to getting a cold or other viruses because mucus helps trap them before they enter the body. So if you don't have enough mucus, that's why you can get sick a lot more in the winter. And if you get nosebleeds a lot, that's usually an indication that the air is too dry. So some things that I learned, again, um, telling you guys here about how you can increase the moisture in your air. Of course, there's a humidifier that you can invest in and 
usually the standard of humidity you want to have in your bedroom when you're going to sleep is about 30 to 50 percent humidity but if you don't have a humidifier and you have a slow cooker you essentially already have one so you can use a slow cooker uh, by filling it about two-thirds full of tap water, setting it to high until it starts to steam on the lid, and then switching to low and topping off with water consistently for the next few hours as needed. And that essentially creates like this uh, steam similar to a humidifier. Uh, it is hot, though, which is a difference between a humidifier that you just buy. So I would just be cognizant of where you're putting that it should be out of reach of kids. You shouldn't be hovering over it because hot steam can cause burns. You can also just set a large pot of water out on the stove to boil for a while because that does the same thing. It creates steam and you can add a few drops of essential oil like eucalyptus oil and just, especially if you're sick, just stand near it and kind of breathe that in. That's something I did. Do be careful though. Again, in the essential oil episode, I mentioned that some essential oils like eucalyptus oil is toxic to pets. So just being mindful about that and keeping pets away from that. You also can let a hot shower run a bit longer before you get in, but I also understand people who may see that as like wasteful of, I don't want to waste a bunch of water. Uh, but this was something interesting I found when you do get into a hot shower, you should turn down your temperature to try to keep your shower time short uh, because you're like, oh my gosh, this isn't as warm as I would like. I just got to get in, get out and warm up with a towel. Uh, but also just in general, hot steamy showers can dry out your skin more, which in the winter is so easy to fall victim to of I just want to stand in this super hot shower for like 20 minutes because I'm freezing. So turn down the temperature when you get in. Just get in, get out, and dry yourself off after. You should also start letting your clothes air dry more in the winter if you don't already. This is something that I have started doing, especially with my heavier garments like jeans and sweaters that just have more water. It's a lot better for your clothes longevity and reduces electricity use from your dryer anyways. But essentially when you have a really dry room and you put up a bunch of clothes on a drying rack that are full of moisture, they'll dry within like an hour or two from super fast evaporation. Um, so I've been doing that a lot more and I never used to air dry my clothes. So highly recommend if you haven't ever done that or don't do that enough, just get a drying rack. They're super cheap and start drying your clothes like that. The same thing applies with dishes. Letting dishes air dry after you wash them is essentially the same concept. And something I do is also I notice like when my dishwasher is done, all my dishes in there, even though it says heated dry, are never dry. They're usually pretty wet still. So instead of like sitting and drying them off with a towel, I just open the dishwasher and I pull out the drawers and let them air dry over the next hour or so. Because that, again, helps bring moisture into the air. And then I don't have to do the work of hand drying all of the plants. Uh, or plants? Oh, my God. Hand dry all of the dishes. What am I saying? <laughs> I think it's because I read the next line of my notes because it's talking about plants. Jeez. 
10 minutes in and we're already, you know, mushing our words today, Hannah. Sorry here. Um, Hope you're still listening to me after all this time of mumbo jumbo. (laughs) So plants, that's what I was saying is so house plants also contribute to adding moisture to the air as well via transpiration, which I didn't know. So especially plants that um, do really well in the winter, like indoor plants, they can contribute a lot to the air quality, just keeping it nice and clean, but also making sure that the air around them stays moist. So if you aren't a big plant person, maybe consider finding some plants that don't die very easily. I have started my own little green thumb over the last couple years and um, propagating plants all the time. And I'll probably do a whole separate episode about starting your own indoor plant like hobbies and, and whatnot so you can learn more there. But that will help a lot with air quality and moisture. Also, in general, you should drink a ton more water than you usually do in the winter because you're drying out faster than normal and you need to hydrate a lot more than you think. Try to seal any drafts from windows and doors that could be letting cold air in because this will cause your heater to kick on more and then thus that creates drier air because the heater is constantly on. And a way to also help prevent that is just turning down your thermostat so you're not heating up the room as often. So that's kind of the dry air segment. And I think that that's really helpful. They're very quick fixes that pretty much anybody can do. And there's some very inexpensive options there that you can think about, like just boiling a pot of water on the stove. So try that out and let me know what you think. Moving on, we're going to talk about some generally accepted holistic remedies for colds and flus. And these are all basically plant-based and simple like old school remedies to being sick you know things that your grandma might have passed down from generation to generation and these do have quite a bit of information with each so if you are a big note taker take a second to get out that notebook or journal to jot a few things down so starting off with honey that's pretty self-explanatory i feel like everyone puts honey in something, you know, like a tea of some kind when they're sick. And this has been a very common thing to deal with colds for a super long time because honey is known to be an antioxidant that can help fight free free radicals. Jeez, I don't know what's wrong with me today. (laughs) Um, And this can help prevent Uh, toxins entering your system because you have a little bit higher of an immunity boost. Honey can also fight infections that results from a cold and it has one of the most famous healing properties which is suppressing coughs and easing sore throats. In one study, children who were given honey with tea at bedtime made coughing less severe. However, you should be careful about giving honey to children younger than two years old because it can be toxic to them. Uh, Honey is super easy to add into your diet, and in the case of colds, it's best to combine with tea and lemon. And many singers actually swear by tea with honey and lemon prior to performance for its ability to clear phlegm in the throat. You can also take honey directly for a delicious treat if you aren't feeling well. Chicken soup. 
Chicken soup, super common. I'm sure you've heard when you're sick, people say, oh, you should go have some chicken soup. And grandmothers since time have basically sworn by making chicken soup as a remedy for the common cold. And the warm, nurturing feeling that homemade chicken soup gives you may have a healing benefit all its own of just feeling a little bit better. But there is some science behind this traditional remedy. So hot liquids in general can loosen up the phlegm and your throat and help your body cleanse it from the system. And in addition, chicken soup can slow down the movement of certain white blood cells called neutrophils. And when neutrophils slow down, they tend to stay in certain areas of the body and can fight infection more effectively. So they are just isolating a little bit better. Chicken soup works well against respiratory symptoms associated with the cold and Another benefit is it helps you stay hydrated and consume vitamins and minerals when you otherwise might not feel like eating a regular meal. Soup is just so good when you're not feeling well because it's just drinking a liquid. You don't have to deal with trying to prepare something super complicated and sitting down and eating. It's just soup. Garlic is also a very common cold remedy. It's been used for a long time for healing properties, not only with colds, but it's in general been shown to lower serum cholesterol and serve as an antimicrobial. Garlic can fight infections such as the common cold, and this is because the active ingredient in garlic is called allicin, which fights bacteria. And a way you can incorporate garlic into your diet more, especially if you're not a big garlic fan, is just by taking garlic capsules And this is good to do if you're feeling the early symptoms of a cold, um, especially because it can kind of create a immune boost there with that antibacterial property. Uh, The strong fragrance and flavor of garlic can also just clear your sinuses, as you probably know. Garlic can boost the immune system, uh, but it does have to be taken daily to have a consistent effect since it tends to leave the system pretty quickly. In one study, those who took garlic supplements have a 60% lower chance of developing colds and a 70% quicker recovery time, which I thought was pretty cool. Adding garlic to your dishes can be really, really good just because it's tasty, (laughs) but can just give you added health benefits um, since it is more effective in that raw form uh, versus the capsule form. And touching on that chicken soup before garlic, you can just throw right into chicken soup and there you got a two for one. The next thing is echinacea. I think I'm pronouncing that correct, but I could be wrong. Uh, When cold and flu season hits, many people recommend taking echinacea root. For decades, this herb has received media attention for its healing properties and ability to boost the immune system, but the secret, quote-unquote, was known for centuries actually by Native Americans who have used it for a very long time to fight infection. The active ingredient of echinacea is flavonoids that have multiple health benefits such as boosting immunity and fighting inflammation, and although this research on this herb has been mixed, one study indicated that echinacea can reduce colds by 50% or at least shorten the duration of the condition once it develops. Although locating the actual plant may be a challenge, it is really easy to find echinacea in capsule form, or you can drink a tea form of the herb, which is, I see it all the time in the cold section teas. Uh, It's very common as a tea. Um, And it doesn't necessarily work instantly. So again, for best results, it's a good idea to take capsules daily of echinacea or 
um, drink echinacea tea regularly during cold and flu season. The next thing is probiotics. And I was actually kind of surprised that probiotics was listed for colds and flus because I view probiotics as more of kind of a GI preventative, but the information here was, was pretty interesting. So basically the first association many people have with bacteria is not positive and that's because it causes infections and illnesses. And um, there are many forms of bacteria that basically cause us to not feel very good. But we do know that there's good bacteria in our GI tract, uh, and it's specifically healthy bacteria. And just so you know, too, there's bacteria everywhere in our body, everywhere on our skin. There's a lot of bacteria that's completely benign and doesn't do anything to us. Um, But eating probiotics regularly, which are foods with that quote-unquote good bacteria, um, can help promote healthy digestion, which in turn helps fight infections and colds. So probiotics help the immune system work properly and can prevent colds and flus from happening um, by basically setting your immune system up to have a good gut biome. And that's also a whole nother episode that we could talk about is bacterial biome in our body, especially in our GI tract. So the most famous form of probiotics, as you probably know, is yogurt, but it is important to be super selective when you choose yogurt that is full of probiotics because it has to have active cultures and healthy bacteria. When you are suffering from a cold, you might not want to eat dairy though, or you just don't eat dairy in general. So there are other probiotics that you can eat or consume that are a little bit more appealing, such as sauerkraut, uh, kefir, kefir, I forget how to pronounce that, kombucha or tempeh. Kombucha is actually a really good um, drink for when your throat hurts a lot, nice and cold, and that has tons of good probiotics. Um, Some research has shown that eating probiotic foods regularly can also reduce your risk of upper respiratory infections, which I was like, wow, I did not expect those two to be linked. Then we have vitamin C which is so commonly talked about during colds and flu seasons. I'm sure you've seen those emergency uh, commercials all the time, which I think are actually really funny because they don't really work when you're actually sick. So keep that in mind that taking that as a preventative measure when you go on an airplane or um, when you are in contact with someone who's sick might be a better plan than just drinking it when you are sick. Um, it's nearly as famous as chicken soup, as you probably know, as a remedy for common colds. And the old expression of an apple a day keeps the doctor away might as well just be replaced too with orange, since oranges are packed full of vitamin C. Many health experts recommend taking large doses of vitamin C, either through eating a lot of citrus fruits, such as oranges and grapefruit, as well as leafy green vegetables and peppers, which have tons of vitamin C, surprisingly, um, or just taking supplements. However, it is good to know it's better for you to eat those through actual raw foods because you get tons of other benefits of it too, such as dietary fiber. Vitamin C can strengthen the immune system and fight colds and infections, um, as well as preventing them before they start. So consumption of vitamin C regularly can reduce the duration and severity of a cold when you come in contact with one. 
Then we have a saltwater gargle. This is something I learned from my dad at a very young age to help with sore throats. Um, so gargling salt water is a quick, effective way to deal with the buildup of phlegm and mucus in your throat and your respiratory system, um, as well as ease a sore throat. Although it doesn't really feel good at the start of it, it actually feels great afterwards. Um, science has backed up what grandmothers have known for generations of gargling with salt water can relieve the symptoms of a sore throat. And it is good to know, though, that this is super temporary. It just helps kind of clear out the, the throat of that phlegm and that gross feeling. So if you don't really like doing that, maybe an alternative such as using honey more regularly is better here because you do have to use this several times a day if you have a buildup of phlegm in your throat. Then we have Vicks Vaporub. This was a very cool... Um, remedy that I found that I didn't realize was kind of in this holistic category. So Vicks VapoRub or just any, you know, generic VapoRub has been used for generations to relieve congestion, particularly right before bedtime. And that's because it has this really strong odor, which helps clear the airway, the sinuses, and that causes the breathing that you're struggling with probably because you're congested to be just a little easier, especially right before bed. Um, and promoting a good night's sleep when you're sick is really important to recovering from being sick. So you basically just rub a little bit of this vapor rub under your nose and on your chest, and it can help you start breathing a little bit more normally. But you do want to keep vapor rub away from small children and pets because it can be really toxic if it's consumed orally. You also can diffuse, so using an uh, essential oil diffuser um, to diffuse different essential oils while you're sick that are specific to helping um, deal with colds and flus can be another add-on to kind of getting rid of that um, congestion in your sinuses and your throat. And there's a couple of different ways that you actually can diffuse besides using a diffuser. So the first is obviously the easiest option by purchasing an oil diffuser. And then essentially all you do is add water, add oil, um, and then set it out and you're ready to go. But if you don't have a diffuser lying around, you can create the same effect using household items. Um, and you take basically a medium-sized bowl, fill it two-thirds of the way with boiling water, add a couple drops of essential oils, and then you drape a bath towel over your head and place the bowl between your knees or on the floor under your face and breathe deeply. Because remember, you don't want hot steam getting directly on your skin because it can burn you or scald your skin. Um, but having that barrier of a cloth can help um, have the benefits of that steam without the hotness or the the boiling water of it get on to you directly. So that hot vapor combined with essential oils can help clear your respiratory tract and lungs, soothe inflammation, um, and also just make you feel a little bit calmer, which as you know, when you're sick, you probably are a little bit more on the anxious side because who wants to be sick? It doesn't feel good when you're sick. And usually you start stressing out about all the things you have to do, but you can't do them because you're sick. So, um, that's another super cheap, easy way to 
make yourself feel better via diffusing. And the recommended oils that you should consider when it comes to using a diffuser or that kind of makeshift um, bowl towel diffusing um, are lavender, lemon balm extract, and tea tree oil. And so those three are the just most recommended based on the different um, properties that they contain uh, that are shown to help with cold and flu symptoms. But if you have an essential oil blend that you also just like, that's totally fine. There's really no rhyme or reason to it other than it helps you feel good. You should also consider if you're a tea person, if you like drinking tea, that specifically when you're sick, drinking green tea with lemon can be really helpful. Um, Green tea, if you didn't know this already, contains uh, catechins or ECGC, which have potent anti-inflammatory properties assisting in the reduction of sinusitis, um, which is, you know, sinus inflammation, as well as soothing symptoms of a sore throat. Um, and if you add a rind of one lemon to your tea, the limonoid polyphenols found in the outer layers of a lemon skin can help give you that potent antiviral, antibacterial, antiseptic properties that are in lemon skin specifically through just drinking tea. Additionally, if you do like hot alcohol, I don't particularly, um, hot toddies I actually found are a really good traditional remedy remedy that's been around since the 1800s for colds and flus. So that's, if you don't know what a hot toddy is, basically like honey, brandy, an orange, about half an orange actually, um, and uh, cinnamon sticks if you like cinnamon. Um, And there's a couple different recipes out there that you can easily find on the web, but there actually is an active antiseptic and antimicrobial um, component that is created with honey combined with alcohol and orange juice. And it's also just warming and helps soothe the throat. And if you're having a lot of pain too, not that I'm recommending that alcohol be your first uh, choice for pain relief, it can help with uh, a little bit of that pain that you might be experiencing. However, you can make a lot of these hot toddy recipes virgin So if you just want the idea of it without the alcohol, go for it. That's probably what I would do too. And then we have, I think it's pronounced curcumin, cursumin. (laughs) I thought it was cumin at first, but there's a C-U-R in front of it. So many forms of traditional medicine embrace turmeric for having potent anti-inflammatory properties that can assist the body in dealing with a wide variety of inflammatory diseases. And so turmeric is essentially a component of this curcumin. um, And it's a bright yellow spice that turns anything it touches that really bright yellow color. And it can actually be used as a commercial dye for not only flavoring foods, but flavor, not flavoring, uh, flavoring foods, but also like staining or dyeing um, fabrics. Uh, Turmeric has also been shown as a natural um, cold remedy because it has a lot of anti-inflammatory properties as well as an um, piperine, which is this like 
component <laughs> of curcumin that increases the bioavailability of your body being able to ingest it by like 300%. I don't quite understand it. That's just information that I found. Uh, but being aware that like that piperine uh, portion of curcumin is really essential to treating a cold and flu. And we have fish oil and oregano oil. Uh, those are two different uh, supplements that you can take in like a capsule form that both have been shown to help aid in colds and flus. Again, those are both things that you do need to take regularly before your body does anything with it. So just taking a bunch of fish oil and oregano oil when you're sick um, isn't going to do much for your cold. It's it's a preventative, um, lowering your risk of the severity of colds and flus. We also have ginger, which similarly to garlic is like a really great spice to add to different foods um, and tea as well. I think one of the co most common things I used to drink when I was sick with like a stomach ache was ginger ale. And that's because uh, ginger has just been shown to help reduce the symptoms of nausea, or nausea <laughs> and uh, stomach pain associated with like more of the stomach flu type of ailments. Um, but that's because it has a polyphenol known as gingerol. And this again is anti-inflammatory, antiseptic, and antibacterial, similar to pretty much everything else we've been talking about today. And those are really good things to have in your system already when you get sick. So having ginger regularly within your meals throughout the week, same as garlic, can just be an added benefit and it tastes pretty good. And then lastly, a really, really key thing you want to make sure you're doing is hydrating, reducing exposure to others, and resting when you are sick. I feel like that is probably the number one holistic add-on that you could have when you are sick. So hydrate, first of all. <laughs> As we talked about with the dry air section, you need to be drinking more water not only when it's winter time, but when you're sick because your body's trying really hard to lubricate the sinus system. It's over lubricating the sinus system with all that added gross mucus and phlegm. And so a lot more water is being pushed in those spaces than anywhere else in your body. So drink tons of water, but also stay at home. I think COVID has helped us feel a little less guilty with that, but when you have the opportunity to do something virtually, just do that so that you aren't exposing others to getting sick because, I mean, who wants to feel sick? It sucks. <laughs> like, and so if you can reduce the amount of people you come in contact with when you are feeling that way, it's just a nice little thing you can do to, to be kind to others. And then staying at home too, it just kind of forces you to rest more. You need to slow down. You don't need to do all of the stuff you usually do in a day. I know there's a lot of guilt that comes with that when you are sick of like, I just feel like I'm supposed to be doing this or I'm not going to get this stuff done because I'm sick. You need to slow down. You need to relax. Basically, this virus has to work its way through your system and in 48 hours or so, you can feel better if you give yourself the chance to fight it off. So keep that in mind. It's okay to just wrap yourself up 
in a, a bunch of blankets and stay at home, have that green tea with a lemon, with some ginger, with some honey, and then just watch a Netflix movie and fall asleep. Like that is the ideal way to treat yourself when you're sick. So I know that's like a really hard thing to digest because a lot of people are like, no, I just, especially if you're in grad school or, or school like me, it's like, no, I have a million things I have to do. Just slow down. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Those things will still be there tomorrow and you can deal with it another day. So that's it for adjunct therapies for cold and flu season. I hope you guys enjoyed all of that information. I know it was kind of a lot. Um, those are all things too that I did post a while back on my Instagram and in like a cute little um, infographic in case you want to reference it there of what those things are that you should incorporate into your diet, into your daily lifestyle, um, as well as things you can do to help um, increase the or increase the moist air in your bedroom, not increase dry air. Uh, so a quick little journal prompt for today, if you do enjoy uh, journaling at the end of each podcast, is what is one thing that I am actively doing to boost my immunity this winter? So again, that is what is one thing I am actively doing to boost my immunity this winter? With that, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. The next episode, episode 12, is going to be with my wonderful friend Hannah, uh, also named Hannah. It's not myself. And she's a fellow PT student of mine. Um, we've been friends since the start of PT school. And we are going to be talking about clean beauty products and home products. And she has quite a bit of good information there about things you should try to avoid in um, your skincare, your beauty the things you use to clean around the house. And I'm really excited to see what you guys think of that. So with that, have a wonderful rest of your week, of your weekend, of your day, whenever you're listening to this. And I'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Acknowledgements for this episode of the Hippie Hour podcast go to WebMD's article on women and dry indoor air, uh, real estate, U.S. News, uh, Seven Ways to Cut the Dry Air in Your Home This Winter's article, Simply Health Today's Classic Home Remedies for the Cold, and myself, because there are some things in here that I just know because I'm super smart. I'm kidding. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>